Chapter 25 Angelic Minds, Alien Signals, and Lightning Signs By the time I found my pants, I was back at the bottom of the mountain when it was night. Crickets called out while I wandered toward the coastline under the stunning starlight. I spent the night near the water because it seemed to be the only place I felt at peace. And who was I? I was a man trapped somewhere between the material West and the ancient East. All the teachings that had been passed along seemed to be ingrained upon this land. But who was I? A spiritual soul living within a man. Now lightning crashed down as if someone called out. I saw the burst of electricity jump from the sky then thunder bounced off the horizon when the vibrations began to rumble and shout. My instinct reached into the shaman's pouch. There in the medicine bag, I found a large smoky quartz crystal with a dark statue that an ancient follower had made. This statue was of a dark black man, with fortune and gold around his feet. He wore a red and gold loincloth around his waist, while he had a golden crown wristbands, armbands, and a circular pendant that was far from discreet. This statue had a name inscribed. Chango Macho is what was written. He was the god of luck, money, power, lightning, fire, and thunder. Surely this man had ancient powers to whom the world had forgotten to listen. I set the shrine down, facing the coastline and the lightning strike. There I set the smoky quartz beside him, but before I bowed to honor this occurrence, I saw six illuminated lines of light appear in this night, a doorway and a portal. Now this was right in front of me. So curious as to how it could happen like this, I saw a bolt of lightning crash down before thee, for this was a celebration of this dark man. But who was he after all? Modern humans may not have recognized his name, but surely nature summoned his mighty call. Six was his number, and six was his sign. Six was the light between the door, and so I stepped through the portal with curiosity to see what I had come to find. Auspicious and surreal? Nothing happened, and so it didn't seem like a big deal. After all, the next breath out I was gone and dead, and all that was left was a breath in for my spirit soul to heal. For I had gone so low and so high, I couldn't tell the difference between the two. My memories had been taken away from me after all that I had been through. Where was my family? And where were my friends? For those six months or so on the beach felt like the in-between that was never going to end. I'll never forget that lightning strike. And so I brought the flint together and made a fire. Herbs and smoke were inhaled when I wondered about all the treasure Shango Macho had acquired. For under this fire, many things seemed to conspire, but there was little an empty one like me could require. For I had few desires, mostly herb with this fire. I took another breath in, and there the air and smoke came to make magic where a great occurrence transpired. Had it been minutes or hours, had it been days or weeks, I blinked and it was day, then I blinked and it was time to sleep. Light and darkness, one after the other. Something profound was happening, 
and time was not following the seconds, but rather this mystery of time was being rediscovered. The statue and the smoky quartz were gone, and now I was standing in the exact same spot, the same place I entered the six-beam doorway, the place I'd been under the six moons where all my memories were forgot. But now I was aware of change, because here alien ships came hovering over the sea. I'm not kidding when I say this. I saw a group of reddish-orange eyes, or light hovering perfectly still, there in front of me. It was not too far. Then my mouth dropped open as this auspicious occurrence was profound and grandiose. There they waited, and I wondered if they were looking for my attention alone. What was happening? How had they arrived all on their own? I could not comprehend this, for it was beyond complex. They hovered perfectly still when a thought entered my mind. Where do I go next? Now I noticed they were over the roadway. This is where the serpent was killed. Three of the crafts to the left, then ten or eleven on the right, while they hovered with tremendous skill. There was no fluctuation in their movement, just reddish-orange eyes glowing from the bottom of each craft. I think my mouth was wide open, and then not much later, the crafts came to pass. I blinked in shock. Was I caught in a dream? Why, that was not just unlikely, but impossible, for surely that was not what it seemed. I looked up at the night sky, for they were hovering over the folly sea, and I'm certain I had seen them, and I'm almost certain they stopped to notice me. I waited there for around 10 to 15 minutes, then I heard a loud and powerful helicopter flying. It was rushing from behind me, and all its lights were off as no illumination was shining. Pitch black in the night sky, but loud like a group of horses. It took off towards the place I saw the alien lights, then it took a hard right to follow the mysterious auras. I watched until the sound disappeared, and I believe those alien crafts went underwater into the sea where I was facing the Bermuda Triangle. And so that helicopter showed me I wasn't dreaming. But now I understood that there were others who were also intrigued by the alien craft's hidden meaning. I turned to look where the helicopter came from, and there I saw the towers and structures of the Great Order. It came from the opposite side of the road as the ten or eleven reddish-orange orbs. What were those alien crafts trying to tell me about the land that the Order bordered? In my heart, I wanted to see Manuka. I wanted to go back to the place of the pyramids where it all began. For the last thing I wanted to do was go back to the material world where they distracted the working woman and man. And so I took this as a great sign. There was something I was meant to find, as if two or three orbs were signals that I could go back towards Manuka and the mystical pyramid, but then the other ten or eleven were pointing towards the order as if that's where my journey had been assigned. Surely I still had a choice. I could control this single body, for I was a single spiritual soul who had come a great way upon the earth, and this choice is who I would embody. I knew I would reflect on this moment all my life, and so I thought about what was most sincere and right. Even though I myself did not want to go back to work, there was a much higher calling in sight. In the following days, I journeyed back towards the order. 
I would go back and reconnect with my past, for this was the same order from which I ran, the same job where I had once turned my back. It would take some time to get there, and so I was in no rush to arrive. There I spent many nights alone with the herb, and each breath out I prepared a ritual where a piece of me would pass and die. For under this fire, many things seemed to conspire, but Shango was the keeper of luck and fortune, and so there was little an empty man like me could require. For I had few desires. All I cared for were written words, herbs, and this fire. I took another breath in, and their air and smoke came to make magic, where a great occurrence transpired. Had it been seconds or days, had it been weeks or months, I blinked and it was bright, then I blinked again and it was night at once. Light and darkness, one after the other. Something profound was happening. What is seen is always dependent on what is unseen, and within this emptiness was something magnificent to discover. Using the medicine man's pouch, I reached into that medicine sack. I found runes, tarot cards, crystals, gems, books, and all kinds of masks. Whatever I needed is what seemed to arrive, and the deeper I reached, the deeper I would dive. This synchronistic behavior was bewildering, and so it was curiosity that carried me along. I did not know where I was heading, or even how or why I belonged. Somehow it kept happening, and there I found a book of Solomon, including three sacred texts. This book had all sorts of magical symbols, signs, incantations, and I feared it may even include something like a hex. I was very careful. But up until now, it seemed as if my mind began to dwindle away. For whatever was happening, still my memories could not stay. I continually forgot, but the big moments were like boulders within my mind. Meanwhile, all the momentary details would slip away, and I would forget whatever wisdom I came to find. The amnesia was overwhelming, but still this body was alive. For even though I would pass on with every breath out, this body had yet to die. There I followed Solomon's words, and I conjured my very own seal. This was all based upon the direction of whatever my intuition came to feel. Now a thought came when it spoke of alchemy, and because I was curious about levitating and turning heavy stones into gold, surely if I had enough money like Shango Macho, I could escape this prison on earth, and surely all I had to do is follow the direction that this book of Solomon had told. And alas, there I found a ritual which I can't quite remember. It spoke of a transformation of base metal into gold, and so I prepared an altar, incense, stones, before I burned the herb with the ember. On my knees in prayer, I drew the seal I had made. My intuition said it was going to happen in three parts, and I'm not even sure if I was hopeful or afraid. As I entered into prayer, I remember wondering if those stones could really turn into gold, but then a revelation came to mind in the depths of my prayer to Michael the Archangel, because if I conjured gold, then soon it would be sold. I'd be selling out for more money, and I'd buy more things. I'd be digging myself deep into the cycles of the material world with all the suffering it would bring. Now my prayer became intentional 
and I let go of Solomon's books. For if I seeked more and more material gain and money, then it was I who had become the phony and a crook. The more I began to come to my senses, the louder this prayer became. There the layers of my spiritual body began to rise like a perfected inner flame, as if my skin was glowing or a magical blanket had been thrown over my physical layer. Goosebumps arose when I realized that the Divine Spirit was listening. This was a sign that Saint Michael the Archangel had truly heard the prayer. He was listening all along, and every ritual is much like a test. It depends on what we think and how we use the words of our breath. If we ask with selfish intent, if we are only connected with what the ego wishes to gain, then whatever we hope for will drive us deeper into suffering, where our spiritual self gets buried as our physical world turns insane. I prayed to St. Michael and asked for three things. The first request was for forgiveness. The second thing I asked for was for fearlessness. And the last thing I asked for was the proper resources to complete his request. Then St. Michael disappeared, and I was left alone staring at the symbol and sign I created. I will never forget the power of ritual and prayer, but we must be oh so careful with the words that are stated. This taught me about the connection between the inner and outer worlds. It revealed that the connection to the divine is at hand. We may get what the ego asks for, but there is a price that is connected to each demand. With ritual practice, it may even seem ordinary, bland, or dull with everyday signs, but I've come to realize that these practices will come back accordingly, even if it doesn't come back in this lifetime. Oh, I believe in angels, and I believe they arrive in between the mind. As soon as you search correctly, and angels you will find. Anyone can be an angel, since everyone can become a protector in their own right. These angels are the ones helping the poor, protecting others, and helping the collective pass through the darkest nights. If you want to speak with angels, then you must look at yourself with total honesty. Angels are among us, and so is their prophecy.